0: Everybody, welcome to the first Sup World podcast. My name is Dustin West. I'm joined here by my beautiful co-hosts Jeff McInerney and Jordan Shaw. Howdy! howdy. What's up? What's up? So, very first podcast, uh, very first time we've any of us have been on any podcast. So, needless to say, there's going to be some kinks that we're going to have to work out. But <laughs> we're just going to kind of start this episode with uh, just a little conversation. Um, you know, we're all obviously leaders of Supplement World. We're kind of just going to talk about how Supplement World began, who we are, and just give you a little bit of background on us and potentially what we're going to be doing on this podcast.
1: Yeah, it's exciting to me. We've been talking about it for a while and finally get it going, but just to be able to, it's now been nine and a half years, so to me, the most interesting thing is just kind of go back and talk about how we started and see the differences, and I'm sure there's things I forgot, you forgot, and that's really what we want to do is accomplish, is just kind of get, get out there and let people know what we're about. And, So, yeah, it's been nine and a half years, started at the health club, and Dustin and I got going with it. He worked for me, actually, doing membership sales, and I knew right away he was going to, I think you came in and started setting records right off the bat with membership sales, so I knew you had something special. You were only 20 years old when you started. Uh, We are 11 years apart. I was 31, so started. I'm I'm
0: almost as old as you were when I met you. Correct. (laughs) I'm not there yet. I don't know. 30. No, I was... You were 31. I was 30. 31,
1: you're right, you're right. I was 32 when we started, correct. You were
0: 31 or 32, because I remember you always said you wanted to be free by 33. There you go. What, uh, what got you started at Genesis? Was it you? Or No, I didn't know Jeff prior to Genesis at all, so I started... Uh, well, I guess we can go all the way back to high school. got out of high school, I did like a little semester at Butler, and decided... School really—it was never really for me. It wasn't your—it it wasn't for you in high school either. <laughs> yeah. So it, it didn't really translate to college either. So I just decided, man, I was—I uh, was really driven by sales and um, being competitive, like in the workforce. And I found myself. First thing selling vacuum cleaners door to door, rainbow. Not Kirby, but rainbow. Yeah, so. (laughs) I I, interviewed for that one. Yeah, so. I didn't even know that. You guys didn't? No. I didn't know you went to Butler. Dude, my mom still has a a fucking Kirby vacuum from like the fucking 80s. Those I, things were legit. So it wasn't Kirby. It was Rainbow. It was called Rainbow. It was supposed yes. to be more of like an uh, air filtration. You, so you you'd never really called it a vacuum cleaner.
1: They sell you this dream.
0: They sell you the air. dream. While you're not vacuuming, you can filter <coughs> the air with it. It was actually a great product. Very expensive. I think it was like three or three four grand. grand. Mm-hmm. But that's how I kind of got my feet wet with sales. And if you can, if you can uh, go door to door selling a product, you can do any sales job anywhere. Because that's the absolute hardest thing to do. Um, next would be like making cold calls, which I did that at Genesis, but so yeah, started off in, in kind of this vacuum cleaner. Didn't do that very long. It was just six months or so. Got into phone sales at the mall. So I was one of those annoying, uh, AT&T salesmen at the kiosk when you walk by, Hey, what phone service do you have? Try to pull people in, get them a phone. Um, which is also a really, really good way to develop your sales skills did that for a few years, and then I I was in uh, Norman, Oklahoma, and Oklahoma City with AT and T, and just kind of stumbled upon I think like a Genesis applet or Genesis um, deal online. You know, they needed a system manager or something, so moved back to Wichita, got in at Genesis, started at the Hutchinson location in uh, Hutchinson, Kansas. That's where I met Jeff, and uh, we were there. I mean, I was there under a year. You were there what thirteen years at the time?
1: Yeah, like 11 and a half, 12 before. It's funny how that all – first off, I had no idea you went to Butler. I've been telling everybody that you and I had zero – When interest. I
0: say I went to Butler, I mean I took – You enrolled. You I think, a I, class I, think I, I have like two credits, <laughs> two don't college even, credits. I didn't have that.
1: So, yeah. okay, well, good to know that. I'm surprised.
0: And it, it wasn't like right after high school. This was like a year after high school I tried to do like two yeah, – Well, I can remember I wouldn't boss, consider it going to college. My
1: boss said, hey, I'm going to take one of your best guys, but I'm going to send you this – Hot shot kid, he's gonna kick butt. You're gonna love him. And I'm like, no, you're not taking one of my best guys for some rookie that normally only lasts a month. And I met Dustin that next day at the uh, sales meeting. I said, all right, we'll give this a try. And coincidentally, I've known Jordan longer. Jordan was partying at my house on weekends with my with my brother and and his roommate who lived with me. And like I said, they, these guys are 12 years younger than me, partying at my house when I was still a bachelor and. I didn't really hang out with them, but they'd come by, yeah, and I'd yeah. say, "Hey, there's this guy actually going to be starting working for him. His name's Dustin West." And I, I remember Jordan vividly being like, "Dustin's going to work for you. He's doing pretty good doing what he's doing." And I just remember you saying, "I think he'll be really good." Yeah. I was like, "Well, good because I lost one of my best guys."
0: First. Yeah. So gym membership sales was a blast. It was super fun. What <laughs> really? Well, also one of the not, hardest things you can do. It's and very why? hard. When I say it was a blast, I don't mean it's a blast like long term. Like while we were doing it, it was fun. And yeah, we had fun.
1: We had a good team. We were in first place. We exactly. And I fun. was there
0: less than a year. We were working with cool people. That's also where I met my other business partner Zach. Uh, that I do a little bit of real estate with now. Um, he was a rep alongside me there, but.
1: Great so, for connections.
0: Absolutely. Great for connections. And it was one of those things you could just go out and if you wanted to hustle is just how, you know, how competitive you wanted to be and, and how many sales you wanted to get. And that's kind of uh, kind of what it was at Genesis. So yeah, like I said, that's where me and Jeff met. And um, I was kind of at that point, you know, I was twenty and you know, obviously had thought for a while, like, you know, what could I eventually go into business for myself with. And oddly enough, there was a little supplement store in Hutchinson. Uh, I think it was called Supplement U, and yep. it was it was a it was a uh, it was a smaller mom and pop shop, but they barely had any inventory. And I just remember there was always a lot of people in the gym repping the Supplement U, and I could never really understand why or like I mean, it seemed like they were doing really well. And I just thought, well, man, if if they're doing that well here in Hutchinson, we could open a store here and probably you know do even better.
1: Yeah, my first memory was it wasn't very long into getting started that you talked about your buddy Nick and you. Almost starting a supplement store, and I just kind of laughed at these, you know, these kids. You know, I I was super against retail. I grew up in a business that pretty much basked retail, and I didn't know anything about supplements. Still don't really, but I you just kept bugging me and bugging me. And I, the the one thing I remember from the story was that I started a mowing company with my little brother, and that just that just eats you on. And you're like, this is we got to start a supplement store. Come on, let's go. Let's get let's get out of here. And I. You know, you get in effort mode at times with your job, you've been there eleven years and I think I finally said, Okay, you know, I got thirty thousand right. dollars. You know, we can get a thirty thousand dollar loan. You said we can do it, we can do it for thirty thousand. So we started something I rolled on a 30000
0: thousand dollar loan, which we would not recommend to anybody, but we found a made a, a found a way to make it work. Um so yeah, that's kinda how everything began. And it is a tough question to answer when people ask, you know, because it's one of the first questions. Well, how'd you get into supplements? I don't know about you, but I really never know how to respond because it, 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 you know, for a lot of people maybe who go into business may have had this dream for years or really passionate. I can't say I was ever super passionate about supplements. I mean, I was passionate about fitness. I'd been, uh, you know, exercising, working out into fitness for years. And then obviously being a Genesis kind of amplified that. And I was around fitness a lot, but, and I took my fair share of supplements, never super passionate about supplements. I guess at the end of the day, I would just say that it looked like a business that was scalable. And it's a repeatable business. People, you know, constantly buy supplements. It's a once yeah. a month purchase. It's a recurring purchase. So I just, I saw it as a good business model. Obviously I was into supplements and um, yeah. So just, I think the timing time was
2: like kind of perfect a little bit. I mean, it's much as it was a struggle in the beginning days. Yeah. I mean, supplements was slow. I mean, even think about how much different, obviously our business operates from Andover to now, but even think about how much bigger the industry is now than it was, you know, in 2013 oh, yeah. you guys I think started. we
1: came at the right time because we missed the easy time. Yeah. I believe the easy time was, I don't know if it was 20, 2009 to t- 2013, but they started really banning a lot of ingredients. I know Senetrix and all that stuff started really getting banned or DMAA and... Mm-hmm. Ephedra. So I, I and it was before bodybuilding.com blew up and Amazon blew up. So we luckily missed the easy times. So we started in a somewhat harder time. And I think that's what gives us an advantage to grow and understand that it's not easy because just like gym membership sales, I think starting a supplement company is also one of the hardest things you can get into. And who knows if we would start something else. I mean, I'm glad we did what we did and it worked out. But getting back to what you said earlier about passion, I love answering that question. Uh, I got interviewed by Hadley not too long ago for school, and I said, listen, it's going to sound weird, but you hear people say you have to be passionate about what you do. You have to. And I probably agree with that to the most part, but we didn't have a passion, like I said, for supplements, but we did have a passion for growing a business. We did have a passion for helping people, and we did have a passion for growing a team. And that's three things that we could do with any business.
0: Exactly. And, I mean, with all the businesses and all the industries out there, you know, let's just say glass sales, for instance, or, um, you know, uh, lumber sales, whatever it is, whatever industry. I mean, are is it possible to be super passionate about these different things? So, at some point, you know, there's a kind of a line, I feel like, between being passionate about the product you're selling or the, the industry that you're in and being passionate about growing a business, helping people, bringing value to people's lives. And you can be passionate about that within any any industry. And, you know, it's a little easier, I feel like, maybe with supplements versus lumber to be passionate about and be more into. Um, so that was a little easier. But, yeah, I mean, this the super passion, like being super passionate about the actual product or the actual industry, I don't feel like is as... Necessary is being passionate about people, helping bring value.
1: So that supplement store, I think, closed by the time we opened or was getting to. So why didn't we open in Hutch? What's what's your answer? Because that was our
2: original plan.
0: Yeah. um, So we we decided Andover for our first store, obviously. Um, Little town right outside of Wichita, Kansas, essentially is Wichita. Um, I think Hutch, I don't know. I I feel like we could grow into Wichita better. I feel like if we opened in Andover. The idea with Andover, when we opened that store was – there's obviously no other competition in the area, in Andover, and then you have these outside surrounding areas. You have El Dorado, you have Augusta, you have Rose Hill, with obviously no, no other supplement stores uh, in those areas as well. So the idea was kind of, hey, there's nothing out here, there's nothing in the surrounding areas. People are obviously going to come here. Well, as you know, um, maybe not many of you or a lot of you know, uh, our first store, Andover, that was our first store to close as well. So we've opened 10 stores. We've closed two of them. Andover was one of them. And it just unfortunately cool. was just kind of a weird location. We
1: did last the whole lease over five years. Yeah. yeah. It wasn't like the worst thing in the no, world. No, we gave but it a run for its money. Start realizing, put your time and effort in things that make more sense that you can grow. And we quickly realized okay, this, this, this it can only get so big. We could put our best people there. And we do thank our Andover customers because a lot of them did follow us over to East Central, and, and it was to this day the most exciting grand opening. Not just because it was our first; the, the town did support us. The Chamber of Commerce came out. I mean, it, it, we had more hoopla on that grand opening than anything. Even though we probably the
0: ribbon cutting ceremony, and of, yeah, all that, yeah, a
1: fraction of sales is what sometimes a normal day will do at our top stores. But I remember you sold me pretty quickly. I didn't want to. I wanted to start in Hutch because we were working there. And we thought, well, this will be easy transition. We know people. But your thing was, oh, hanover has got a lot of money. it has got people with money, which we've quickly realized that is not the formula for supplement nutrition sales.
2: No. Not Rich success. areas,
1: not always the best. So
2: what do you guys feel like was the biggest, like, struggle? Like, those early days, obviously, that was before my time. I mean, I was supporting you guys, and I was doing other things at the time, but... What was the biggest struggle? Looking back on it now, like okay, what so held you guys back?
1: I don't know that anything held us back, but we did fight a lot. We did argue. He would be
0: working the store. I know what our biggest struggle was. Twelve hours
1: a day, inventory.
0: Or well, yeah, I don't know if I really want to go into it, yeah. but <laughs> yeah, mainly just getting people in the store. I don't know what was you're our biggest struggle. Say. Uh, I was going to kind of go into our competition back uh, then. Correct, and, correct. So you know, we we there's obviously competitors everywhere you go. We had a little more of a hostile, I guess, competitor relationship um, with some of our local competitors when we first opened, which posed some challenges, um, but it also, I feel like at the same time, motivated us a little more. Um, There was a lot of talk from a lot of people we knew or we we knew of that, oh, these guys are only going to last six months. So a lot of that kind of stuff, for me at least, always kind of drives a fire under me. Um, to prove people wrong, so I, it wasn't a super negative thing at the time hearing that, but it is also you know rewarding to look back um, and kind of a little know, bit of a blessing in disguise type deal, right? So I mean I wouldn't say that was our biggest challenge. It was just maybe no, it more. Was it was an it was a very annoying Didn't see thing. It
1: coming. Did not see it coming.
0: Um, it it kind of held us back with some products that we wanted to get in, some different vendors that we wanted. We were kind of blocked off in certain areas, just just some little things like that. I mean, I, would, I wouldn't say that's our biggest challenge, but like Jeff said, it was very annoying in the beginning. Um, our biggest challenge as far as like the first store goes, I would say just getting people in the door. Um, it was a weird location, and ultimately that's why we closed it, but just getting people in the door. Once we had people in, we knew we could give them a great experience and, and keep them as a customer long term. Um, just getting people in, man. Started started with Retail. zero
1: capital, too. I mean, we, we took our $30,000 loan. We spent $12,000 on the build-out, which today is nothing. I mean, I mean, I can just tell you how crappy our store probably looked. Product, I think we only had $11,000 in product to start, which is a fraction of what you want. And then from there, basically, if we had a $200 day, which happened more than it did, yeah. and, you know, it's hard to pay bills. And so Dustin was supposed to be working the store full-time. I was going to – I don't know if you guys remember this, but – we went into the bank to get the $30,000 loan. And it was just, Dustin, until we got the check, didn't even believe this was probably a possibility. <laughs> he didn't know me that well. He didn't know finances like that. He was young. And I said, well, I know I can get a $30,000 loan, which we did, but um, yeah, it just didn't go very far. And this is back before I was thought, oh, wait, I do have credit cards I could use, which wasn't always a great thing to, once I realized that. But yeah, it was not fun being able to, you know, have no product on the store. I remember Dustin calling me a few months in and said, Hey, man, we got a lot of people commenting that our store is empty. And this doesn't look good. And, you know, my thing is, I don't give a crap. We don't have money. I don't yeah. know what you want me to do. I remember texting him at like one o'clock Hey, what are we at? Hey, we're still $180. Quit asking me.
0: I'll, I'll, I'll text you when we have a sale. <laughs> I'll text I promise you. Because <laughs> <at the next laughs> it's few and far between. But I feel like that was maybe another blessing in disguise was the finance <laughs> issue. And that was. One of our biggest challenges, especially, I mean, I would say first two to three years, just dealing with the finances in in a retail business, it's very difficult to figure out how the finances exactly work because you're bringing in money, but depending on what your margin is, let's say at least half of that money needs to go back and buying product. Yes, every time. And when there's other expenses and you're not exactly in the green yet with your business, you may need to use some of that money coming in to buy other things and then you may not have enough left over to rebuy your products and still have the margin that you should have and the profit left over. So it was a challenge. It was a struggle definitely at first. I will say though, it probably conditioned us to operate more lean and, and not just have like this huge safety net that we're always falling back on this big bank account. Um, you know, with this capital that we can always just rely on it, it, it taught us, you know, we need to be strategic with what we're selling and then reordering and how we're using that money. And, and I, th- I think it helped long-term.
1: Absolutely. Jordan, what do you remember about the other day? You were a customer. Or were you yeah. I
2: mean, I was a customer like right in the beginning. And then not too long after that um, I got hired on at complete nutrition and that's where it was kind of, jokingly it was kind of like this nudge nudge deal with dustin well i'm gonna work over here for a little bit and then i'll jump over with you guys and we'll, didn't you we'll cover out. a
1: couple hours when you wanted to leave
2: <laughs> i showed up just to see how he was doing he's like hey i gotta run to the bank here hang out i was like what the fuck? that's how <laughs> much i trust you even a couple years i was like what i don't even like
1: that guy what are
2: you doing <laughs> yeah Customer customer, he's like, ah, no one's going to come in. And, like, two customers <laughs> walk in right after he left. And I'm like, I have no idea what to fucking do. So I just start bullshitting with people and come back in. I'm looking at the computer screen. And I'm like, okay, well, I got product up here, but I don't know how to fucking sell it. <laughs> so Dustin walks back in and closes out the sale. But, I mean, at, at that point, I don't even think, I don't know. I think I was working at Complete at that point. Yeah, me too. I think you might have just started. Just yeah, remember
1: the early days of hustling, going to the YMCA, meeting people going to the local gyms around. And I, I actually, it's funny to look back and realize how many people were driving from the west side of Wichita to Handover because they wanted to support us. So that did tell me that we had something. Uh, and of course, you know, I mean, I don't think we ever even hit 20, 25,000 in a month before we decided to open our second one, which I can remember. So who's the first guy we ever dealt with, by the way, with product? The Brian first, Jutnick. Yeah, b- Brian Jutnick. With Europa. Yeah, so shout out to Brian. We miss him, but. With us a long time, pain in our ass, but great guy. Yeah. And so I remember when we decided we, we were looking into starting our second store. And I don't want to get too much into that, but it was just—it is crazy to think that we were had the balls, I guess, to to start a second one when that first one was not making money. I do <laughs>
2: yeah. remember that. Yeah.
0: I mean, honestly, if if the roles were reversed and somebody else was in that situation with one store that was barely surviving Making and barely doing any volume. And they asked for my advice being a business owner at this point where I'm at, I would tell them, fuck no, don't you open a second <laughs> yeah. store. And that's probably what everybody else advises at the time as well. But we felt, I guess maybe just a little cocky and knowing like, I think we know, I, you know, I this think is when, our area. this is, yeah, this is a location thing. I, this isn't a business thing. This is a location thing. So we decided, To just take the risk, and uh, with a retail store that was barely pumping out not even twenty grand a month on its best months, which is barely breaking even, if not maybe just making a little bit of money, not enough really to live off of. Depends on your overhead. We decided to pull the trigger and go ahead and open a second location um, with the idea that this is going to do better for sure because of location. And to
1: follow up with that, actually, my cousin just started... A nutrition store up north in rockford illinois and that was the biggest thing i told him i was like hey don't be afraid to go get another fifty thousand dollars just to
0: have." no yeah i mean if we're talking business advice and startup capital um we definitely would tell our prior selves you need double if not triple of that um and it, it could have easily been doable you know with right. with the payments that needed to be repaid if we just doubled or tripled the loan but like I said, we went in really lean, and I feel like that taught us some good lessons at first how to be lean with the business and the finances. So, in the end, it all worked out. But we would definitely advise uh, start yourself off to where when you open the doors, you have a good amount of working capital.
2: Well, on that, I man, I think inventory is a huge thing. I mean, just like Vince down in Oklahoma, that I've kind of been helping him, that's the first thing that I told him is, dude, you can't spend. Six to ten thousand dollars on inventory and put it on some wire racks and hope that your just business is going to take off. Like you have to have options for people and variety of different products, different brands, and stuff like that. And if you don't have that, it's just you're you're, you're never going to get to that. You have to invest a little bit more to attract more of those customers, even if they are lower margin products in the beginning. Like you got to get people coming in the door.
1: So, what do you think? Who do you think sparked you to be in business? Uh, family background friends i mean well you know, you so were really young when you say you started thinking about 20 most people don't think about business around 20
0: yeah and i think that was maybe due to the fact that i didn't really find my place in like the school setting whereas like you know out of high school a lot of my buddies went off to you know a university or went to college and i just that wasn't really my thing and i feel like i felt something in sales which kind of led to business you know when you're in when you're in a in a, in a sales job in a sales career in the sales force there's always kind of that level of competition and success and let's make money and I feel like the next progression out of that if you continue you know your progression in sales is eventually going into business and I mean I guess on top of that you know my parents are divorced so my stepdad he was in business for himself uh, my dad owns a couple businesses as well so I think I maybe grew up around it and I think I just admired um business owners that, that had a lot going on for them, you know, entrepreneurs. And I just I just kind of admired that lifestyle and, um, yeah. For me, I was
1: super fortunate. Sorry, I yeah. Obviously, my parents built a very untraditional business, no brick and mortar, no overhead, no employees, but they did build a huge team. And for me growing up, I, a lot of people don't know, I mean, I was – Sitting here, going to conferences with thousands of people in the in the stands, watching my mom and dad on stage talking to them. You know, to me, obviously, I looked at them as like these huge heroes uh, and larger than life people. So I was just told by so many people how great you know our family was, and and they told us you know how much we inspired them and this and that. And so, way different upbringing than most. And so, I definitely don't, you know, I don't regret that. It's been great, but. Totally, totally different. So that's why when he came to me and said, hey, let's, let's open a retail store. I'm like, no, 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 I'm not doing anything like that. You know, that's so foreign to me. But, you know, if you do the right things and you have the right team, you can grow anything. So
2: yeah. I think it goes back to like what Dustin said with finding that niche in sales. Well, if you're good enough at sales any business you can, I mean, you can sell yourself, you can sell product, you can sell services, whatever. But until you master that aspect of it, like you're probably not going to be
0: successful as an entrepreneur. And yeah. like, I mean, you have to know how to sell something right. in some way, shape or form. Yeah. I mean, I kind of just randomly, like I said, bounced in and, and kind of was looking for just some sort of gig right out of high school. And you know, those kind of door to door sales jobs, they sell you the dream. So, and I was young enough at the time to where I bought into it and don't get me wrong. Like a lot of those things, whether it's, Um, network marketing or multi-level marketing, things like that can be highly, highly rewarding and beneficial, just like Jeff's parents. But you have to work them and you have to put in the effort, put in uh, the dedication to make them work. Just like anything. Just like anything. Um, Obviously. You're dealing
1: with people more.
0: You're dealing with people more. And obviously in certain gigs like the vacuum deal or multi-level marketing, there's not going to be some sort of set salary. You're going to have to go out and get it, which a lot of people aren't, A, either willing to do or just can't find a way to get motivated to do. Um, So I think I was just kind of fortunate enough to stumble upon like the the vacuum deal, which kind of got my feet wet in sales and selling myself and just uh, opening interactions with people and talking to people, which those sort of lessons you learn in some of these, uh, especially like entry level sales jobs, I feel like can be applied to your life in multiple ways, many, many ways outside of just, bettering yourself in your sales career and bettering yourself in the in your business career um just talking to people just being able to know how to manipulate situations um in whatever that may be
1: yeah it's funny you say rainbow i don't i'm sure we talked about this 10 years ago but i did go to sit with one of my good buddies to an interview and it was the rainbows as well so that company had to be around was it in wichita yeah so if anybody here listening is Was it before also, Genesis? Yes, way before.
0: So there I think there was more. Yeah, I was like
1: eighteen, so it have been yeah. ninety eight. I'm dating. It wouldn't
0: like, it wouldn't have been the same one that I did, but it's kinda Oh, it was
1: called Rainbow. hundred percent. No, it was vacuums.
0: I agree it was called Rainbow, but it was a different like franchise oh, okay. and franchise owner. It probably wasn't like the same like. Another space. one I went to
1: was Cut Code Knives. They sit you down in an auditorium, yeah. and man, they sell you how much money you can make. Yeah. Think about it, you know, I'm eighteen, 18, 19 years old. The biggest paycheck I had probably gotten was like seven, eight hundred bucks after after taxes, that's the biggest one, probably average three, four hundred. So if somebody's saying you can make three, $4,000 in a month, I'm like, are you kidding me? Then you sit there and you go home and you're like, wait a minute, this sounds too good to be true. Yeah. And, and, you know, yeah, if you want to go door-to-door or anything, you can make 50000 a year. You should be able to. Yeah.
0: But, Generally, yeah, when it sounds glamorous. too good to be true, it, it usually Always is. is. Yep. That being said, though, when you get sold the dream on some of these, you can make this much, you can make that much. You definitely can, but you need to be in the top 1% of who you're working with. I mean, you need to be in the well, top. This is
1: when they like filter all the people and they say, hey, we've chosen you. They make you think like yeah. There yeah. Are these other 300 people. No, well, those other 300
0: And people that's people also the, the problem door. is you start overselling people and overhyping people and you bring them in and people quickly realize like, wow, I need to be really special to make this sort right. of money. That's pressure. And uh, yeah, it's pressure and they kind of break down and they fizzle out. what other um,
1: memories do you have from us starting out it could be before we open after we open take us back to when you hired nick and you guys were getting the store ready well
0: we'll even we'll go even a little bit before that we were talking about me and jeff working together in hutch so when we were in hutch in hutchinson's about an hour from wichita so we either a had to make the drive or b we had a hotel at was it the hilton the ramada The Ramada. you sure yeah There in hutchinson that uh so well, the, the company didn't the even table the, deal. the company didn't even pay for we yeah we had kind of like a sideline relationship with the the general manager of the hotel. He was like, yeah, well, you know, because they were never full. This 300, is Hutchinson, Kansas, three
1: hundred dollars, three hundred
0: dollars a month for
1: unlimited hotels.
0: for unlimited stays. So we had our own room and our own key. We did unlimited breakfast. Too. We unlimited breakfast. That was the best the part. Mains only it.
1: came Man. once a week, and that was disgusting. What our room? Yeah. You guys
0: all had your own rooms. Or you shared no, them? no it was a shared room. One 200. one room with two queen beds. Yeah. And there was, like, th- three or four of us that were from Wichita, but were working in Hutch. So just depending on, like, the day of the week and kind of what we felt like that day, we'd either stay in the hotel, and we could have stayed in the hotel for yeah, three, right. four nights in the in a row or five days out of the week and just drove back to Wichita for two. Or, you know, we could have made the drive every single day. Just, it just depended on the week and the day. But so my memories, as far as, like, before Summit World opened – um, because you know, we'd have our work day, and then me and Jeff, or whoever we were staying with, generally it was me and Jeff, would have our little time in the hotel room. Just, I mean, you can just picture a little 500 square foot hotel room with two queen beds. I would drink two beer. Grown, and
1: Dustin would eat clean and eat good. Two grown men, in his,
0: two know. grown men laying in two separate beds, just yeah. watching ESPN or whatever. And that's where a lot of, um, a lot of the ideas and just, you know, kind of the the initial brain Talks. thoughts yeah. for Supplement World, uh, were initiated. So I remember just us being next to each not in the same bed laying next to each other in in the two separate beds just kind of every once in a while (laughs) crunching finances and i do remember it was because supplements were obviously a big thing at the time but they're they weren't near as big as what they are now there weren't near as many that you know supplements weren't on amazon yet none of this i mean bodybuilding.com was out there it just wasn't near as big and you didn't have that many like local retail stores, so I remember like a big question for us. We we're always trying to figure out like, is a supplement store profitable? Like, is this going to work? And we were always trying to like Google search it, and we could yep. just never really find anything. In the little bit of information that we did find, would kind of be like negative and scare us off a little bit, and be like, yeah, you can't make any money in supplements. Um, and there were also people from our job at Genesis at the time, some of the leaders there. We're really trying to scare us off as well and tell us, "Hey, there's no money in supplements." We've tried to sell supplements here before, and, and so we kind of just we yeah, kind of have the wrong
1: location and not the right work ethic. There is no money in it, but yeah, it's so that's my my memory was was writing down our goals. Okay, I can remember writing down. Okay, May 2013, we're going to hit twenty thousand dollars by June. We're going to be at thirty thousand by August. We're going to. It was the stupidest, most unrealistic growth. Ever, but it, it's funny because that store, and I think I probably capped us out at like fifty thousand a month. I don't know where I came up that number, but I remember writing down like eventually we're going to get this Andover store to fifty thousand dollars a month and a fifty percent margin. That's twenty five thousand dollars in gross profit minus bills. We're going to make five six thousand dollars. We never came close. I don't think we have twenty five thousand maybe once there, but you know it is. So so we never did hit what those goals were. But the business is way bigger than I ever dreamed it because we obviously have three, four stores that have hit well beyond 50,000 every month. And so it is funny that those goals do happen, but not the way.
0: So, Jordan, why don't you give us a little bit of background on kind of when you came in and how that process started and just just a 5,000-foot overview.
2: So, like I said before, me and you were always joking about when I was at Complete that I was kind of giving some tips and tricks and taking some information that I was getting from there. Obviously, that business was way bigger at the time, and operating on a completely different, the completely different structure. I mean, those big box stores, GNCs, Complete Nutrition, Total Nutrition, all that stuff—they operate on a different level because they're selling their own manufactured products. So, you guys are talking about margin and stuff like that. When you manufacture your own products, your margins are fucking huge. So that was a big thing with Complete, and then you know ninety, like seventy seven or 80% of the products on the shelf were all complete nutrition stuff. And we were required to sell complete nutrition brand products, which my biggest thing, why I didn't like that was what we have on the shelf. Isn't necessarily the best fit for the customer. And that was what was so intriguing to me about like branching out and going on with you guys and kind of taking a little bit of that, that style and then coming in with you guys and having the ability to get people on other products that I felt were a better fit. And also saw that you guys had great potential in what you were doing already. I mean, you guys opened your West store. And I remember from the time that I was in the Andover store and talking to you guys, and then all of a sudden the West store opened. And then we started talking about Oklahoma City, which to me at the time was intriguing to leave Wichita and go live somewhere else for a little bit. And we opened that South Oklahoma City store. And, I mean, it was, I remember going down there.
1: How old were you? I mean, it you was just wild. uprooted, and moved. It was twenty. You, you were dating Mallory. And,
0: it, it was twenty fifteen, right? It was 2015, 16, Seven right? years
1: 2016.
2: ago. Twenty sixteen. Twenty sixteen, right before twenty sixteen. Yeah. So yeah, twenty three. Yeah. Twenty yeah. two, twenty three. Got your own apartment. We yeah. Didn't, we didn't pay for it. Yeah, me and Mallory were still we dating didn't give at the you time.
1: Gas, maybe a little bit.
2: No, and I and I knew I knew what I was walking into. I knew that you know I was coming from a big corporate chain where you know dollars were a lot bigger thing and. You know, we came up with an agreement that I felt like was fair for the situation we were at at the time, and I was all in. I mean, I was all in from fucking day one, and some changed. Those four or five
1: months, though, that was still the best grand opening month
2: any store's ever. Oh, happened. dude, I remember getting that apartment in Oklahoma City.
0: Talk closer. I feel like your voice, like your voice, sounds like this, and me and Jordan's voice sounds like this. Like son of a bitch, dude. I'm on all of it. I think you're my son. Your mic's off. (laughs) (laughs) I did say first show kinks. Yeah, Dustin had the wrong mic
1: on. This is, but I
2: did. I should have noticed. I knew I
1: sounded weird. I just thought, well, I got a weird voice. Yeah,
2: Yeah. (laughs) Very unique. I wanted to say something a couple times. I was like, ah, maybe he's not close enough.
1: I know. I was like, I'm this close to the damn mic. Did
0: you see how I kept like going like, (laughs) yeah, yeah. Well, see, you don't even have to be like this. You can just be like this, right? Yeah.
2: Okay. So, anyways, Oklahoma City um got that apartment and i think i signed my lease in shit, like february of 16 and started staying down there me and you started driving back and forth and that's we
0: opened south okc store april first april first 2016. and why
2: started going down there i i was still i think employed at complete nutrition mm-hmm. in january and i used like two weeks of vacation and started doing stuff with you guys mm-hmm. and we started going down to oklahoma city and that's when the renovation was going on for south oklahoma city and I still, I mean, my earliest memories of really being involved in it outside of what I was doing in Wichita was me and you at South Oklahoma City, staining in shelves and trying to reorganize yep. the store and doing all this shit, eating yep. at that, that fried steak place yep. across the street every night.
0: And, you know, we've definitely evolved and grown since then. We, we've we t- in total opened 10 stores. We have eight open. So a pretty decent ratio there. Um, I wouldn't call us. You know, I, I wouldn't say we're, like, super distant from back then when we were no. as far as, like, hands-on being in the store. I mean, if we open a store next month, me and you would be in there oh, probably 100%. putting together shelves and shit like that. We have refined our systems to we're not um, – you know, we obviously have a lot more staff. We have a lot more team, and we have a great culture, um, and that's developed quite a bit over the years. You know, I do, I will say one of my first memories of, of bringing Jordan on was I felt like back at the time – you know, we had two stores, because it was right before we opened you the third. You kind of pussyfooted
1: around telling me. You didn't tell me for a while. Yeah. And you were like, I think we're going to bring on Jordan. i like,
0: dude, that guy's a dick. Yeah.
1: <laughs> He's got no personality.
0: Well, and here's what I, I love about it. I'm still was, a dick. <laughs> at the time, you know, we just had the two stores, and we're really still kind of trying to figure this thing out, and... When you have two stores, you're local and you're not really doing much volume. You don't really have a brand established for yourself yet. Like there's not really a lot of people behind you. And when you're, when you're at that stage, and I feel like that's probably most uh, entrepreneurs with most businesses and kind of how they start, you kind of feel just super alone. And <laughs> that's how I felt at the time. I mean, obviously I had Jeff, but we weren't, outside, you know, we
1: weren't best friends.
0: Yeah. Well, kind I, I of feel didn't. like we were pretty close. I yeah, mean, me and Jeff have always worked very well together that, hey, that, I'm just it, saying aside from Jeff and I like our actual staff any sort of team any so, sort of culture no, we had none none of none. that was there none. and I, I'm not saying like when you jumped on or when you came on like that instantly shifted but you were like the first um, team member that we ever brought on we came up with ideas that like systems. I felt like, like wow like it's gonna relieve some pressure off me like I don't yeah. feel as alone we, anymore like this guy can share ideas with me like he can do back end stuff um and it was just kind of like a huge, uh, I feel like I think it's just point.
2: that sense of like camaraderie. Like, okay, now I have somebody right. else that's like with me that's Whereas got the before same idea. it might have been
0: just, you know, we had maybe four or five different part-timers, some yeah. college My kids, brother, so, my good friend, yeah, and my just, roommate it, it, at the it, time. Nobody that's and bought not, in. You're right. Not that they sucked, but no, none of these were. people obviously weren't in it for the long run right. or really gave a shit at the end of the day. You know, if we killed it or if we had just a, a bad day. We well, came know.
1: in and took ownership. Hey, we're going to start wearing uniforms tomorrow. I'm like, yeah, yeah, probably should. I mean, we would dress nice, me and you. But then in the summer, when it was hot, we'd wear shorts and T-shirts. And I we did not think I ever really wore I was always... We
2: did not have uniforms. It was, it was like the Alex Curry. We, we did yeah. have
1: uniforms the first month or two. And then we just quit
2: buying. Yeah, you guys still had some polos. People were still wearing polos every right. once in a while. For
1: <laughs> the record, it.
0: I always have worn slacks, dress shoes, and a solid polo. I yeah. wore
1: a long-sleeve shirt and Jordan, you know called me out for that a couple times. Yeah. I looked overly professional. Yeah. I looked like a guy that shouldn't be working in a supplement store, that's for sure. Yeah, it was a little too too fancy.
0: When you come in in a tux, like before you go to a wedding or something. Yeah. (laughs) Also- Who's this guy?
1: How about the fact that, and not to get too far into the companies, you know, but- we opened the East Central store like six months after. Yeah. That so was a rapid growth for a small
2: company. Well, South Oklahoma City took off. Yeah. I mean, and me and Dustin were working that store open to close every day. I still talk about it with all of our staff all the time. Dustin I worked like. Was well he, yeah he was yeah open, no there was one point in time where like we were switching back and forth because at the time we're like okay we can't afford to pay anyone else because you guys brought me on and i was like whatever i'll work as much as i can i just need a day off every once in a while well 21 days in straight of working open to close i was like damn i need a break like i'm getting fucking burnt out because dustin was sick the week that we were supposed to rotate wow. and I was the point i was like okay dude like we did pretty well last month. I need to hire somebody. Right. Yeah.
1: Well, also going back to when we first started, my agreement was when we get this loan, you're working the store open to close, no employees. We got no payroll. Shout out to our guy Nick Newman who started the company with us.
0: First employee. Yep. Yeah. One of two. Dustin calls me. He's like, first "All right,
1: Jeff, uh, I made an executive decision today." I'm like, <laughs> "What? What are you talking about?" He's like, "Well, I just can't do it alone. I had to hire Nick, but he's only going to work for like." Free, basically, Dude, and he
0: did for the first. Like, well, looking back, months. how actually was I gonna no, work? I was an idiot. You were right. nine to nine, Monday through Saturday, twelve it to six feasible. Sunday. Wasn't feasible. Definitely wasn't feasible. Um, but again, going back to finances, we had thirty thousand dollars to work with. By the time the store opened, we had zero of it left. So <laughs> how are we gonna pay an employee? I guess we have to do sales. So that, like I said, going back to our finances, but we figured out a way to do it.
2: I think that's one of those things, like what you talked about, you know, the camaraderie and feeling like you have someone that's bought in. Well, you're to that point where like, okay, if we're going to make this investment on this guy, you know, where's the return on investment? Yeah. And I feel like, I mean, just having part-time guys all the time, it's just you're just paying someone to be there. Right. So.
0: And I, I felt like, I mean, I feel like uh, in different stages of the business, we've got a little lucky. Sometimes I feel like we've got just a little unlucky. And I feel like we've got lucky at the right times. I mean, I think they yeah. say, for all successful businesses, there needs to be a little bit of luck involved. Correct. Um, And I, I believe in that. So I will say like, you know, the first store obviously wasn't a raging success. The location was kind of weird. We opened the second store, West, West Wichita. Boom. Yeah, home run. Took we had off. three home runs home in run. a row.
1: Two, three, and four home run. And the then next one, we got Jord- humbled.
0: Yeah, the next one when we brought Jordan on was South Oklahoma City. That was our third store. Boom, big home run. Six months later, we opened our East Wichita store, four store. Not a home run at first. No. Wasn't it wasn't a home today. run at first. It Still today. It was a double. Yeah. It's our best store today. It is. Yep. It is crazy. Maybe not this much I mean,
1: 714 East Central, shout out, that is a store that really proves that you don't you don't know the first two years. That's no. where that five-year mark really comes in. Because, in fact, it wasn't until we opened Harry and Oliver, which was three miles away, that that store actually took off. So you would think that would pull away from East Central, but it didn't. But anyhow.
2: So what do, you, what do you guys feel about the timing? So do you think if oh, – uh, take Oklahoma City out of the, the equation. You've just gone from West to East Central – Harry and Oliver like opened all these stores in Wichita. Well, here and is then the tried thought, to go into Oklahoma City. You think it would have worked? I
1: think Oklahoma City gave us a lot of clout.
2: Here's
0: here here's that actually mean? why we oh. <laughs> <laughs> inside Joker yesterday. Here's why we actually opened Oklahoma City as our third store. So today we have five stores in Wichita and we have three stores in Oklahoma City, but our third store was open in Oklahoma City at the time, and it could this could have been a little more realistic at the time, but we were just way off with our train of thought. Which my thought at the time when we had the two stores, we didn't even have two stores in Wichita. We had one store in Andover, and we had one store. Our close to Wichita. the Wichita
1: Eagle. This will be our last store. In this will Wichita. be our
0: last store. So when we really? had the two stores in Wichita, yep. just because I think that's kind of how the market was. Like our competitor only had two stores, and there was no other competitor. So we just thought, like, hey, we can't, there's it's gonna, this market's going to be way too saturated to open a third store here. Uh, we're going to have to go to a different market. And and I think in the back of my mind, I just thought like. Maybe two, maybe three stores per market, depending how big it is. Well, we proved ourselves definitely wrong with that, having five stores in Wichita now. Yeah. But that's the reason that the third store was open in Oklahoma City.
2: Yeah, and you had worked there in the past. I think that's what really exactly. kind of sparked your yeah.
0: So going back to the beginning of the podcast, when I said I was in Oklahoma City, found the job for Genesis, then moved back to Wichita. So I had prior experience being in Oklahoma City. I kind of you know knew the areas and things not super well, but I had a good idea just of the market, of the people there, and, and thought it thought it could work. So
1: And then supplement World 5, North Oklahoma City. God. I mean, I say you don't know for two, three years. We knew week
2: two. I knew. We might have known grand opening day Day one. Yeah. We're in yeah. deep shit
1: here. Yeah. Sometimes you pick a
2: bad location. It was just the whole ominous Uh-oh. feeling yeah. of that grand opening. Yeah. Like, and this
0: that's is not and, what and we are When were I seeing. say we've got lucky and we've got unlucky, that was one point where we've got unlucky. So some of our lucky. Our biggest is- loan, by the way. Our biggest loan, yeah. And some of our luckiness has transpired into more success and more growth and faster growth, and that's why we opened South, you know, the West Store, uh, Summit World 2, Raging Success, boom, let's open another one. Third Store, Raging Success, boom, let's open another one. But then certain stores along the way have kind of held us in our tracks, and Supplement World 5, number five, in North Oklahoma City is a true example of that, where we just thought we were on a roll. We had three Raging Successes. Uh, when we just thought we knew, we knew what we were doing. You know, the the first store in Andover was a fluke, and we just got to make sure we pick high traffic areas. And you know, the stores are just going to be huge successes. And we got slapped in the face real quick with yeah. our fifth store um, in a super well, super busy. We location. learned how to
1: negotiate after that with our landlords. Yeah. yeah, we've never gotten stuck in a lease. I guess. Yeah. Again,
2: what's well, a super humbling deal? And then four star coming along, that opportunity Dream. was just. Awesome. I mean, just yeah. landed in our lives. relationships right there. That's yeah.
0: a good thing. We stayed in touch. And for background four star is supplement world number seven. It's not even two miles from that fifth store that shit the bed and two it's, miles. In, and it's right. inside of a gym. And uh, there was a prior supplement store in there. And uh, we got the opportunity. That store moved out. They weren't doing too hot. We decided, hey, maybe we can make it work. So it was an easy transition, closing that fifth, closing that fifth store, moving to the seventh and um, and uh, kind of, kind of making it more of a move versus a closure. Yep. What are you saying? What was the overlap on that? Because we had you saying we, time. we had them
1: both open. We had them both open at the same time. For how long? It was like six months. months or I don't even think a couple months because we couldn't get out of our damn lease. And that guy, I, was, I remember, ordering, I remember thinking he was gonna be the nicest guy to work with us. And he's like, Yeah, sure, you know, you just give us twenty thousand dollars. Like, <laughs> I don't think you know. Yeah. We don't just have that laying Who around. We are. <laughs> <laughs> we are not this big. Company. We haven't even done twenty thousand in First sales of all, here. T- and, and this brought me back to a point I, I do want to bring up. Do you remember our first logo? You know, you designed it, and I, I oh, loved it. Yeah. We'll thought it, it was amazing. We'll put it on the screen. Can we also... viewers? Do you it. remember the lady that, like... Do you remember that time when you got called out, and we had this nasty customer that decided not to be a customer anymore, and she just said, by the way, your guy's logo sucks. Need <laughs> I don't to get,
0: remember that. Oh, my God. It bothered you so oh, much. you know what I did? Because I have, think I already... like. So the logo was made in like five minutes on some sort of application it was probably red, white, similar, to like Microsoft Paint, you know. <laughs> and it was it was blue and red, and it, it's just an ugly logo. And I think I already kind of like deep down hated it. And I was I was trying. But always some people trying to thought make-
1: we were like a franchise because they thought it looked so professional, including me. We still get that Now, now all the time. I am disgusted looking at it, but it is gross. But this lady, she's like, by the way, on, <laughs> on a Google review, your logo sucks, and it's so unprofessional. Probably, I was like, probably this the bitch. deepest cut that you it was. could give me. At the it was time. one of the worst. <laughs> it was like one of the worst insults I I'd seen. And it, but it did. It was a great advice. Dustin immediately paid some lady five hundred dollars to design us our now logo that's been here seven years.
2: Yeah,
1: yeah, yep. yeah, seven and a half years. We've had it, maybe eight. Super clean logo. Love it. Yeah, sticks around.
2: And we're yeah. are, are contemplating changing it to the Sup World deal slightly. When we had all those shirts, oh yeah, Dustin's it was like man. Well, it was just like was in Greek passing, meditation. like literally a
0: five-minute conversation. Yeah.
1: Yeah. Biggest hit ever. Biggest hit. Ever. Well, Sup World shirts. Sup yeah. World shirts. Yeah.
0: Sup World shirts. The problem is when we had. Well, it wasn't a problem, but when we had two stores rebranding and changing the logo, seemed at the time seemed like a huge bitch because you got to replace outdoor signage, indoor signage, Facebook logos, ads, everything. Um, So I can't imagine, with eight stores now, rebranding to a different logo. Sounds like a total nightmare. (laughs) Our logo is good. Love it.
1: Well, I think it's been a great first podcast. What else have we got to talk about?
0: Uh, I think we're kind of wrapping it up here. Um, Like I said, just kind of getting our feet wet with the podcast thing uh hopefully it wasn't too boring and hopefully <laughs> we can hear jeff for the first 45 minutes yes yeah.
1: Had, didn't have the right mic in front of but my face we
0: plan on just getting on here and and next time we're we, so we wanted to start this thing off just kind of introducing ourselves what we're doing the business some of the background um eventually we're going to hop into more specific details whether that be business whether that be management um fitness,
2: fitness supplements health yeah, yeah.
0: So we're going to try to cover a wide variety of things and and hit different key points every episode. So, absolutely love to give
1: value feedbacks a gift. Anything you guys want to say, comment to subscribe,
0: appreciate it. All right, guys, talk soon. Bye.